0: On this episode of Out of Character, I talk to Emma Liu about her rise and fall on the internet, the aftermath, the before, and everything in between.
1: It's Out of Character
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out of Character. Today, my guest is Emma Lou. Hello, Hi. Emma Lou. Thanks for coming on.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Emma Lou, uh, for a lot of you who don't know, um, I would say got one of the biggest backhands on the internet. Uh, would you say that's accurate? You
1: know, I feel like a lot of people, especially people who like want to support me and defend me they always say like oh my god like you got canceled so much more than everyone and they say it has a lot to do with like you know because I'm a woman or because of these other things and that they should hold other people to the same standard but even though I feel like yeah I was like totally you know banished from the internet and I'm still like attacked like just as harshly to this day I feel like it's because of like the severity Of the videos that came out and how much I talked about anti racism and social justice. So I feel like mine was worse than other people's for a good reason. I would say that. But yes, yes, it was pretty intense.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, yours was also different because, you know, if people let that slide, then it's sort of a precedent of, you know, if we let this slide, then we're letting anything slide because it was it was pretty awful for those of you who don't know i think tiktok has been growing exponentially post Emelu. i'd say i don't know how much you've been on the app um but emilu was i you got like two million followers in a week or something it was pretty crazy i and
1: i actually yeah i think about this a lot like i reached like million followers over the span of four months like it was really rapid and really fast so yeah it was a lot.
0: Yeah especially near the end of it I remember it was even faster Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and then you had a somewhat of a persona online like you said speaking out against uh, some social justice issues and uh, some pretty awful videos came out that left a lot of people shocked. And I remember me specifically, I was really shocked. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people, I don't know how much you spoke about it, context or anything, because I know when I heard it, I was just like, yeah, I don't really need to hear any context for this. This is pretty awful. Is there any context? Because, were you just trying to be edgy or, uh, yeah, that's what I'm asking. Is there any context to those videos?
1: So, when, during the time when I made those videos, just to, like, clear things up, because there's a lot of, like, misinformation around the videos, so I'll just, like, state the facts of everything. I guess that would be giving you context, but it was the year 2016, and I was 14 years old when I made those videos, and I was in the car with my parent driving around, well, my Parent was driving and during that time I would watch a lot of content online where people used slurs as a form of shock humor and like offensive humor and I thought that that was like the most hilarious thing ever and in my ignorance I actually thought that that was okay to not only say but record and I posted it on a spam account that I had which I don't have access to anymore and something that a lot of people said was that I committed a hate crime because they said that I actually shouted it at people now from the way the video looks there's no way for me to actually prove that I didn't actually scream that at people not that it makes any the language that I used any Better or more justifiable, but the only thing that I can say and hope that people will see that I'm telling the truth is that even in all of my ignorance, even no matter how obnoxious and ignorant and dumb that I was back then, I would never and have never actually shout like a racial slur at a person. Now it doesn't matter because people like black people who really loved me and supported me have seen it, but. That's one thing that I really want to differentiate is that I didn't actually commit a hate crime towards someone and even then I would never say that to anyone's face and I really want my language to not seem like I'm making excuses or trying to escape accountability by blaming the culture of the internet at the time that I made these videos but I would say that I was really influenced by the stuff that I watched online and that's why I thought that it I thought that it was funny to shout slurs, like as this shock humor. But what you said about how it was so awful that you didn't need context, like a lot of other people felt that way. And when the videos came out and I saw them, I was like, if this was anyone else, I wouldn't even need context. Like I would be like, oh my fucking God, like this is so awful and violent so i even see that i would feel that same way so you're not alone in saying that a lot of people have said that to me too but yeah i guess that would be the context of it
0: you said that uh people on the internet were influencing your sense of humor or your actions like that do you have any specifics or even was it people surrounding you in real life or was it just online that made you you know, find that funny at the time.
1: I actually do have a specific person, actually. And again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm pushing it all off on someone else, you know, but the person, and I actually realized this more as more things came came out about this person, but my entire childhood was Shane Dawson videos. And as more stuff about him, like, came out in the past couple of months, I truly fully realized how much that impacted my child brain that he would constantly as a grown man as an adult put out videos for a a lot of children were watching of him really using black people as the butt of the joke having black stereotypes of over-exaggerated characters of black women constantly screaming the n-word with the hard r and racial slurs. I feel like that really influenced my sense of humor through the ages of 10 to 14. So I I would I would say that that was the that was the content online that really influenced me to think that that was funny.
0: Would you say that there was ever a point where this version of you coincided with your time on TikTok, for example, or when you had a platform and it was you know, kind of like you acted one way, but you felt another in a way that, Um, in a way that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: That's okay. Um, like when you say coincided, like, like, what do you mean?
0: Like you would have thought this was funny at, at the time when you had a platform or would have made this kind of video. When you were on TikTok, Uh, like, uh, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. like, Mm like when these videos came out of me, I was actually shocked. Like, I gasped because I didn't even fully remember that there was a time where I actually said those things. I was shocked and disgusted. Like, it was a complete shock to me. Like, I didn't know that these videos existed. Of course, when I saw them, I was like, oh, my God, now I remember this. But It was so far removed from who I am now and how much I've realized that that is not funny in any way. Like, I fully realized that people who use slurs and, like, really offensive language and use, like, marginalized people as the butt of, like, a butt of the joke, that's not funny. That's not shock humor. That's just fucked up. I had fully already realized this at the time of TikTok. So, no, definitely not. That's why it was so, like, shocking to me.
0: Now, if those videos ever leaked, do you think you would have admitted that part of your life at all? Or you had some kind of apology or a way to address this time of your life planned? Or did you have no idea that, yeah, these skeletons were in your closet or, or that they could be leaked?
1: Well, I am going to say that it's not that I had no idea that these skeletons were in my closet. I had no idea that it was that bad, but I did know that I had a this... Um, sense of humor that was based on racism in the past because of this shit that I used to watch on the internet but my honest answer is if I would have had you know fessed up to people no I wouldn't have that's my honest answer because during the time of me being popular on TikTok was such a time of so much fear so much fear of being criticized, of not being accepted, of not seeming like this person who was a really good person and who isn't going to do wrong by people. And just seeing the way that other people were canceled and treated, I was so afraid of that happening to me. I didn't want that to happen to me. So I know that that is a selfish answer, but that I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have, beca- at the time, because of how scared I was.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I understand how the app can be at times, and it is uh, daunting. On that note, um, do, do you, did you ever feel like you were portraying a persona that wasn't actually you? So I feel like... Um, A lot of your videos did incorporate a black of some sort or, you know, the heavily. I don't know how much of the Nicki Minaj Barb stuff was a persona or was that actually you or how much of that was actually you and how much of that wasn't.
1: So when I was canceled, a lot of people said this about me and I took so much time off the Internet that when I finally went back onto that account. I was so afraid to look at my old videos because I was going to think, like, who who's the person that's going to look back at me in this in these videos? Is it going to be like a terribly cringy, like um, black scent? Is it going to be n- me not being true to who I am? And then finally, I had to face the videos that I put out there and do some serious, deep self introspection and when I looked back at my videos, that is who I really am. I wasn't ashamed. I saw a girl who was just trying her best. And I think what differentiates me from, like, you know, other people on the app who I've seen, like, you know, use this really obvious black scent is that I'm not some girl from, like, some random, like, small town in, like, the South or something. Like, I was born and raised in New York so this this slang and vernacular that I was using I grew up around it's true to me that's how I talk in real life and as far as like you know rapping Nicki Minaj like that's another thing a lot of people would say about me is that I used um these black women to my advantage and I use it as a cover-up for like my dark racist like skeletons in my closet I genuinely love Nicki Minaj. I have a passion, like all jokes aside, like I truly idolized Nicki Minaj. That wasn't an act. That wasn't a cover for attention. That wasn't me praising black women for validation from the black community. That's a big, another thing that people said about me. The, all of that was true to me. And I feel like everything I talked about on TikTok, even besides, you know, my love for Nicki Minaj, what was about really raw, videos about my life and my experiences and and mental health and talking about body positivity and dealing with an eating disorder and low self-esteem and experiences with abuse. And I thought that I was going to, I thought that I was going to look back and say, wow, that totally wasn't me. Holy crap. But it was me. It, It was, it was the best that I could give at that time. And it was never my intention to ever. And I, and I realized that a lot of times it, it, got out of hand and became this like performance because I saw that people were loving this and I had to you know keep doing it and exaggerate it but I I'm not you know some person who like you know never grew up around that like I actually know what I'm saying that would be yeah
0: yeah I think yeah do you feel any responsibility to this is I don't know how much you should feel, but I, f- I feel like after your reign, it somewhat got popular and people wanted, people did the persona as well who, you know, weren't black. And I feel like there was a spike in that after your popularity. Do you feel any, like, responsibility to that or or not?
1: Yeah, I do. And sometimes when I see videos with someone who really, really sounds like they're like portraying an exaggerated like black woman or black man's voice or mannerisms. I kind of shudder and think like is this how I look like is this what people are hearing? And it really wasn't intentional and I never meant to, seem like that and a lot of people do say like oh I blame you know I'm this but it really was never my intention but I do I do see that yeah
0: um going back to another point when you said the video that was filmed when you were in the car you said your parents were driving or one of them was mm-hmm. that a, the sort of environment that they thought that was okay for you to do that or was that you being rebellious or... Yeah, because honestly, I find that... Yeah.
1: yeah, that that is like disturbing. Honestly, my I wouldn't say that my parents are racist people. My parents, you know... It, it, I wasn't in an environment where my parents were like using racist language. So I thought that it was okay. I honestly don't know why my parent in the car didn't like say anything i really don't know that's all mm-hmm. i can say about that i have well, no well, idea. Where are, why. where are you
0: from i'm are from you, staten just...
1: i'm from staten island new york
0: oh okay you're just you don't have any like italian in you or anything
1: oh no i'm italian and puerto rican
0: <laughs> oh okay
1: yeah i'm italian <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could tell something's in there. It's not just uh Irish or anything, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah. there's definitely something in there. And yeah, the New York, I don't know anything about living in New York personally, but um I do know it's a mix of many cultures is what I do know. So, yeah. Uh yeah. And when you got uh banished off the internet, What were the steps after that? Because I remember you kind of had some kind of public breakdown with the, I remember you were calling someone else out and then you were in a mental hospital, I think. What was the timeline with that?
1: So, well, the mental hospital thing, that was a rumor and I felt like it was really important for me to come on and address that because I felt like that was something that, Maybe people who were supporting me or maybe just people who wanted to add more drama made up to like, and I didn't want anything to further me into this victim narrative or to have it blow out of proportion. I never went to the mental hospital, but I would actually really love to talk about like the aftermath of all of that. Cause I feel like it's really important for people to know. Um, so when this video was posted and the following days I was so sorry um I was like just so obviously in those videos you could see I was really desperate and it wasn't because I wanted you know I had accepted that you know this platform kind of has to be over and that you know I can't be on the internet anymore but I really didn't want people to think these things that they were thinking about me like I remember This 13-year-old girl, she said she was a black girl, and she messaged me this very long thing about how disappointed and shocked she was. And I was just so remorseful and ashamed, humiliated, disgusted. It was really painful. And, you know, it's hard for me to say this because my intention is to never manipulate play the victim or police people's reactions or escape accountability that's never my intention and also it came to a point where after getting that much backlash that I just had to develop this compassion for myself and realize that I'm a person with dignity and that a lot of it was really cruel things that I would never say to my worst enemy like and but that's not really what you asked we can get into that a little later but it was just like really erratic videos so desperate for people to see that those videos do not represent who I am as a person at all and now I realize that that probably wasn't the way to go about it because even though my apologies were I was genuinely remorseful and so sorry and felt so bad that people trusted me and saw me as a safe place and then I turned out to be another creator with not only who said the n-word but in this like really aggressive like fucked up like obnoxious ass way it was very violent you know hard r racial slur and but even though it was really remorseful I realize now that it was in a way it was selfish because I wanted people so badly to see like, please, please, please see that's not who I am. That's not who I am, please. And now I realize that I can't force anyone to forgive me. And I don't want to be like, I don't expect a trophy or a cookie for like not being a person who doesn't think that slurs aren't funny anymore. I don't want to have to seem like this is my character arc that like, I don't think that saying slurs is funny anymore and that I don't do that anymore like I can't force people to forgive me and see me as a good person I can I can only know that and you know hope that others will too but and also about like calling this other person out it's because um this was really painful because in the midst of everything this girl from where I'm from who knows my ex-boyfriend, who was really, really toxic and abusive to me. She kind of used that opportunity to kick me while I was down and spread a bunch of lies about me that my abusive, gaslighting ex told her. And I was so erratic and so emotional that I immediately full fledged went to TikTok and said, Please don't believe this And a lot of people were accusing me of like trying to deflect from the situation, but I really wasn't. Like at that point I accept like I had I felt like I had nothing to lose. I just really couldn't stand the fact that this girl was doing this to me, especially when it wasn't true and this guy had really treated me like shit for such a long time. But that's also another thing that I regret. It's actually really humiliating. I had like a, one of the worst emotional breakdowns of my life in front of everyone. So yeah. Sorry, that was
0: kind of was it that she was no, no, you're fine. That's perfect. What what were you what was she spreading? I don't think I caught on at the time. I remember seeing that. And I had no mm-hmm. idea what was going on as well.
1: So the videos are still on YouTube of her, but she basically said that I abused him, that I cheated on him, just a bunch of shit that he was telling her that never happened and wasn't true. And this guy that I was with has a track record of like not only treating me like shit, but like every other girl that he's been with and like everything was lies, like just like this smear campaign he had against me that he's telling this girl and like she's naive enough to like believe it. And the thing that surprised me was that no matter how much people really didn't like me at the time I feel like a lot of people saw through what she was saying and her attempt to like kick me while I was down and smear me like really didn't work like because we live in a culture now where like it's woman support woman we believe the victim so that was a good thing but yeah she was just spaced the videos on YouTube I don't really remember specifically everything she said but basically saying just a bunch of shit that my ex-boyfriend told her that never happened but yeah
0: Did that get any sort of resolution or resolved in any way off of social media?
1: No, I never talked to her again after it happened. My ex-boyfriend tried to, like, explain himself about it, but he's just not a good person. So, no, none of that ever got resolved off of social media.
0: So, in terms of timeline, is that when, right after that, you went on the break? I feel like you tried to post again, um, Mm -hmm. but then you were gone. So...
1: Yeah, so I went on this break for a long time, and right after everything happened, and I went off, um, and then I came back on, and a lot of people were saying, like, oh my god, girl, like, you look amazing, like, you took a break and glowed up, like, so many of these comments, and I was sitting there reading them and thinking, like, these people have no idea, like, I had, about a night after, like, the whole thing happened, I actually relapsed on self-harm for, like, the first time in, like, three or four years. And I was flung into one of the worst, like, eating disorders of my life because of how many people seriously made fun of my weight and then coming back on tiktok and everyone praising me for this weight loss it was so hard for me but at the same time it was like i like you know was getting validation from it because i just had this sickness but i don't think that people like fully realize the extent of like how much and it's hard for me to like say this because um every time that i say this i feel like people are going to think that you know, I'm trying to play the victim, but it came to a certain point where can I, can I say that I don't deserve this anymore? Can I say that, can I say that I don't deserve this much abuse? Because what was happening was genuinely abuse. Like people would, and this still goes on to this day. People put me in group chats and like, say tell me send me in detail messages of how I should kill myself they send me death threats they call my parents phone numbers they just say a lot of triggering things about my weight and my appearance and it's really really fucked up and it really bothers me um and the only thing I can say is that I just I know I'm really getting off the topic but like <laughs> yeah like no, I came back to the so. internet. <laughs> Like, when I think of cancel culture, I think, because that's another thing that it's, like, two sides of a coin. Like, when people say, oh, my God, like, I fucking hate cancel culture, you know, it's a little, like, suspicious. Because, like, why do you hate cancel culture? Like, why? But it's, like, cancel culture, I feel like, is for abusers and bad people who are in power and get away with things and are never truly held accountable like Marilyn Manson, Brett Kavanaugh, Donald Trump, Harvey Weinstein like these are people who deserve to be stripped of their powers or platforms and seriously hold held accountable and I feel like it's like can I say that me I don't deserve to be Written off as a person and shut up from ever talking and be harassed and bullied like this every single day. And you know, a lot of people might interpret this as me playing the victim. I really don't want to come across that way. I realized that I did deserve to be deplatformed and that I seriously hurt people with those videos, and that's going to be attached to my character forever. And it's something that I will always offer and owe an explanation for. And at the same time, I don't deserve to constantly be attacked and written off in this way that I am being. Because what I think that, what I truly believe now is that teenagers and Young people who say, oh my god, what I did was terrible, but I'm a different person now. I'm going to learn and do better. Everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone deserves a shot at redemption and compassion and to be able to learn and grow. Now, I'm not saying, you know, black people have been terrorized online on online spaces just with the n-word and everything. And I'm not saying that anyone owes me forgiveness or needs to support me. But you don't need to constantly, like... Some of the things that people say are so bad that I actually don't want to say it out loud because it's, like, really fucked up and vile. But um, it just gets really bad, and I feel like no one deserves that unless you're, like, a really bad person like the people I just stated. But, yeah, sorry. I just went off on a total tangent.
0: No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, some people would even say me having you on and talking to you would be some sort of liability or something but that's why I made this podcast it's to bring a lot of people on the internet good bad interesting to the forefront so that people just just to humanize them more and then people make their judgments from there because Mm -hmm. people are just a blip on the internet in a time and place and nothing more to a lot of people and
1: yeah
0: I'm just here to you know, just let you talk. I'm not here to push anything. I'm not here to excuse anything. I'm not here to push any sort of agenda. I just, I think at the very least, your story is interesting or unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unique might yeah. be a good word. And I don't, and I'm, I do talk a lot about cancel culture and how I'm against the late stages of it. But yeah, it's like you said, it is suspicious with a lot of people who say it's so bad. Like, why does it even exist? But I feel like, yeah, it is the late stages of it. And, you know, I would say with the way that you showed yourself and the way that this came out being a polar opposite to who you presented, obviously a lot of attention, I don't know about deserved, but would be coming. But then then that's where it gets questionable after a time period. And, you know... Yeah, to me, it's a lot of a question of where do we go from here? And, yeah, what have you been doing since then?
1: So I have ne- – I never really tried to um, make, like, this come back to the Internet. Like, I would say, like, in June of last year, I came back just to talk to the people who still supported me. It did get a little bit out of hand, like where I was, again, trying to make videos for people to accept me. But now, at this time in my life, I'm okay with my small corner of support on the internet. I don't want cloud. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be famous. I'm okay with... All I want to do is share videos about things that I care about, like mental illness and having trauma or body image issues and connecting with people and I'm really grateful for a community that I have of all types of people who say that I really helped them and I'm just I'm just in a small corner of the internet and I realize that I made a lot of mistakes not just not even just about me saying the n-word so many misguided mistakes hypocrisy and this TikTok career if you could call it that and I bit off more than I could chew and all of it has really taught me a huge lesson about what true allyship is and activism and all I can do now is is in real life have these conversations and care about these things being passionate about social justice isn't something that I put on for attention it's who I am in real life that's all I can do now because I feel like you know every person like who becomes like popular on the internet it all turns into performative activism to some degree the best that we can all do is try to stray as far away from performative activism as possible and that's a big lesson that I learned through all of this and I've just really been humbled down I would say that's where I am right now
0: Yeah, I know firsthand when you get a lot of uh, attention or criticism, you do get kind of pressure cooked into maturing and yeah, I can tell that you've learned a lot. It's just, yeah, a lot of it is, it's past the internet and it's in real life and how you carry yourself and what you do because that's at the end of the day is the only thing that really matters and... Yeah, it it can't. You can't really tell the difference between performative and not performative on the internet. There's really no way unless someone is doing the same thing in real life. But, you know, once they share that, is that performative too? That's a whole conversation. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And do you... Are you going to college or...
1: <laughs> so... Um, during the time that I was, like, popular on TikTok, I was a fr- I was 18, I was a freshman in community college, I turned 19 in December, but when the pandemic started, um, this was also another big thing that I deeply regret publicizing on the internet, but I kind of didn't really have a choice, but also it was a little bit of a mistake where I actually got kicked out of my house last summer, but I'm back here now, but, um, and I stopped going to school and I have not been in school since, but I am gonna go back in the fall. Hopefully that it will start being in person because just with some mental health issues it was really hard for me to keep up with online school, but I am going back to school in the fall, so yeah.
0: You were kicked out, is that something with your parents or some Yeah. I'm sorry um, if this is too personal.
1: No, 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 it's okay because honestly nothing's too personal because I overshared so much on the internet. That's another thing that I have mixed feelings about, but um, on t- when I came back to TikTok last summer, um, I've been really open about, you know, me and my mom having this dysfunctional relationship, and it got to a bad point, and my mom basically told me to get the fuck out of her house, and... I really needed help, so I asked people, can you book a cameo with me, can you stream my music, or if you can, can you donate to my cash app, I'm gonna have to live by myself, I don't have any other place to go, and a lot of people, considering my bad reputation, were accusing me of lying, so I posted videos I had of my mom saying some things, and it was huge fights, and a lot of videos that I had in my phone, it got really big. My mom ended up finding out about it. I was kicked out of my house. I had to like take a bus to New York from North Carolina where I just moved about two years ago at like four o'clock in the morning. And just looking back, I gave a lot, I told a lot of intimate things about my personal life on TikTok and a lot of people supported me, but then a lot of people used it against me. But, um, yeah that's basically what happened and it was that was also a pretty big thing but yeah you
0: say um you say this, yeah, and up, this and growing up when you mentioned you, you mentioned relapsed to self-harm and three years ago you used to was how was your childhood because what i'm childhood. getting is what was it were you having trouble with your family, you with your family. things like that um so, Sorry, I just spaced so, out. But yes.
1: No, it's okay. Um, so um I was pretty open about this on TikTok too. That's another thing. Like a lot of people go to an extreme and say like that my entire platform was based off of social justice issues and profiting off of black women. And honestly, I really don't think that's true. I feel like a lot of people who say that didn't watch me truly. I talked about So many things like I I really opened up about my past with trauma, abuse, mental health issues. Um, From the time I was really young, like I was actually hospitalized three times between the ages of 14 and 15. Um, I did deal with a lot of um, self-harm. I've been through a, a couple of traumatizing experiences throughout my childhood. A lot of dysfunction, chaos, fighting, verbal and physical abuse in my childhood and I would self-harm but it was something that I grew out of and then when this happened it felt like such a doom of like oh my god because TikTok was this thing that I was putting all of my self worth in and like to the point where nights like I wasn't even recognizing positive comments about me anymore I would just scroll through all of the bad comments because I was really attacked by like conservatives and like men who didn't like my opinions on TikTok but they would be really vicious to me like the fat shaming was the biggest thing that people would do to me that seriously affected me so I was placing a lot of importance in TikTok and then when this happened it was like a crashing down and like just knowing that like I would go on to Snapchat and there would be a Snapchat article with my face on it and then I'd go on YouTube and like there would be like my face as a cover photo on YouTube and just knowing that everyone was talking about me and this video of me was being shared everywhere it was so it was so much and it and I felt so scared and alone and I really feel like I said I didn't have my little sister in my life I really wouldn't be here it was the most suicidal that I'd ever been and again I want to say that this has nothing to do with me being genuinely held accountable. This has a lot to do with, like, just the effect of just being canceled in general. Like, I don't really, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I'm playing the victim. But I do believe that to a certain extent, I truly was victimized by this, like, insane amount of hate. And it truly made me realize that because people are still, like, really like bothering me to this day like they'll make accounts and like post like screenshots of me eating ice cream and being like oh my god like you're my fat Spo. like and then post a picture of my sister and be like she's my thin Spo. like they'll be like really fucked up to me and I just kind of realize. and it's like and it's like a lot of the time it's like people who weren't even affected by my video like it's just a lot of white people and that's another thing and I feel like it's just it gets to the point where you're no longer actually trying to fight racism or like hold truly hold people accountable and de-platform people who have said terrible things this is about your virtue signaling your moral superiority like you're using this to excuse how much you enjoy bullying people on the internet like putting me in group chats telling me to describing in detail how i should kill myself saying that i deserve all of the abuse like that's no longer you're no longer fighting racism or trying to make a change and take a stand you are just enjoying bullying someone and that's truly how i feel about it it might be taken the wrong way but yeah i'm sorry i completely forgot like what we were talking about
0: no that's fine i even I've, I've, i've 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 talked about that too how um cancel culture has turned into some sort of new performative activism. But I feel like yeah, that is whenever it, it gets to the late stages, it's yeah, what's the point? Um mm-hmm. and when people are speaking for other people, I think that's the biggest um indicator. I think, yeah, for you it is probably, I can imagine, really hard to talk about these things because it does it can seem to someone that you are in somehow victimizing or because that became such a huge stain on your internet persona yeah. that you became synonymous with that action. So anything of you talking about some kind of trauma or something, it would seem like you were victimizing yourself in some way. Um, yeah. yeah. And what I would say, uh, I was about to say something else. Um, Um, it's okay. <laughs> you were saying That's your um Oh, wow. Yeah, I just lost it. Um anyway, it'll come back to me. We I do remember somehow in this timeline you got backhanded by Barty B, Cardi B, the one in yep. Only. That was pretty insane. Yep. And I remember, oh, this is what I was going to say, is that watching it happen and everything happened with you is you know, it's like a it's like a car accident. You just can't look away, Mm -hmm. but it's just like so bad. I can't, like, I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) Like, I don't even know what to think because I was like, that's so bad. Like, how did she let that happen? Or I I really didn't know what to think because I've always been, you know, when you have a platform and you see someone getting criticism or hate, you always, I, like, I always have the feeling of, okay, give me context. Give me something. What is going on? I don't want to, I'm trying to assume the best intentions first, but yeah, I remember when your thing happened, I, I just didn't even want to think. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, and that yeah, was kind of another,
1: I, yeah, that was, it was just another example of me biting off more than I could chew, returning to TikTok and thinking I can make these same jokes that I did before. And, you know, Cardi B, like that's another person who has like a serious fan base. And when she reacted to it, I kind of realized like, okay, like, When we talk about celebrities, we don't really talk about them as people. I obviously never fucking thought that Cardi B was going to see that video. And also, I felt like it was an ongoing joke on TikTok where, you know, people would, you know, attack Cardi B, which now in retrospect, I see it's not right. And what I said, like, people would say, you body shamed Cardi B. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never body shamed Cardi B. I never, like, what? Because I, what I did say was, like, because she came out with that song, WAP, which is an amazing song. And I actually think that a lot of Cardi B's performances were, like, really amazing. Like, I'm not even just saying this. Like, I have many of her videos liked on YouTube, whatever. But... It was just a bad joke, and, like, after she reacted, I kind of realized that maybe she has low, like, self-esteem or something, and those, like, the videos actually get to her, and she's a person. But, like, what I said was, you know, Panani Dasani and saying that das- Dasani is, like, known to be, like, a toxic-ass water with toxic chemicals, and maybe she should go get that checked out. And then people say that I'm body-shaming her. Like, obviously, her vagina doesn't actually contain Dasani water. Like, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean to... Body shame her, and then, but when that happened, like it was so much, like a celebrity like this, tweeting that video of me, and like talking about me in this way, like it was so much to the point where, like, I went on live. I I apologized for what I said. I said, but at the same time, I said I really don't feel like you know, I. De, like deserve this because she started really attacking me like she called me fish lips like saying that my lips are small and saying that I hide behind a persona of loving black women to hide that I'm racist. That's just not true. It's not true at all. Like my love and support towards a uh, black woman and female rappers was completely genuine. I want to see them when I genuinely love them. Like, that just wasn't true. And I felt like I deserved to defend myself in that situation. But after that happened, I just completely, permanently deleted all of my social media and went off of social media again for months. Like, after that happened. Like, because, like, because, like, I don't even think to this day that I still process that that happened. Like, sometimes when people bring that up to me and be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that, like, Cardi B called you out. Like, I'm just so, like, I just haven't I just didn't process it. Like I don't know. Like after that happened, I just completely deleted all social media, never looked at anything. Like I just couldn't I just couldn't like I just couldn't do it, you know? I just I never really processed that. But yeah, it was not it wasn't and... a good joke and I, I shouldn't put hatred out towards anyone no matter what it is or if I think it's not really that bad. That's another huge lesson that I learned. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't even think Dasani's that bad. I, I don't like picky eaters, like picky drinkers. That's a whole <laughs> okay. another thing. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you can't really expect. I Yeah, I, I preach a lot of this humanizing people on the internet and celebrities and stuff, but it is really easy mm-hmm. to just forget that people yeah. are going to actually see stuff and get affected. So, yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted that she would have came for you. Yeah, even with that I was just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, just just stop posting, girl. Like just get off. Um that was definitely unexpected. And do you feel like that do you feel like you were on course to return and then she said that and that is what um put you off completely or and if she didn't do that, you would have been able to make some sort of comeback or was that on the way already? with the reception you were getting from posting i would
1: actually i would actually say that that was on the way already i mean people still i wasn't getting as much hate coming back to tiktok as i thought i was gonna get like i thought every single comment was gonna be overwhelmingly negative like trolling me like you know whatever a lot of it was but then a lot of it was you know people kind of welcome to, you know, inviting me back in. But at the same time, I felt like I was so... It was so toxic for me to be on social media. Just in general, like, being on TikTok, that it was already coming. And, like, that was just, like, the nail in the coffin. I was like, all right, I'm, like, just done with this shit. Like, even to this day, like, I don't like being, like, on social media. Like, I have a TikTok account that's completely private that I only, like, accept, like, some people... And I'm just in a very like I don't want I don't want to make a comeback to TikTok, if you know what I'm saying. that That's not that's not my intention or goal.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of the times when you're canceled, no matter how bad the thing you did, if it's a microaggression from three years ago or you're throwing slurs around in current day, I think what makes a huge difference is if you decide to stay on the platform and keep posting and somehow try to prove to yourself to everyone, because at some point there will be some difference in, a, of opinion and divide and you'll have some people on your side. Or if you just, if you leave at that moment, it sticks with you permanently. I know yeah. you well know, people I know personally who just, it's just for some people, it's just not worth it pushing through and trying to prove to everyone who you really are yeah. and having to go through all, read all that stuff. Uh so, but yeah, the side effect is you know you leave, and mentally you're fine or you know better off, mm-hmm. but when you come back, that's where you left off, so yeah, yeah d- I agree that's with why that. I can imagine it if so, if you came back in any way, I think that's I mean what you did was definitely it was just so jarring compared to what you were showing, I think that's why, yeah, your thing obviously was so and why it's so hard for people to let it slide even today it's because of like the precedent of it it's like we can't you know
1: yeah and yeah yeah like um just those i and i really really understand that that's why when people like say like have the same energy for so and so and it's like those videos were so bad And I truly presented myself as someone who was really anti-racist, which I am. And that's why it was just so much more of a total shock because I had a community with black people who trusted me. And it was just, oh my god, I keep getting emotional and I really wasn't expecting that, I'm sorry, but... It just really blew up in everyone's faces and I took the time to really listen to what people saying and I'm ex- terribly remorseful ashamed and at the same time I realized that those videos show a girl who was terribly ignorant and obnoxious and super influenced by the really gross like racist language that I was seeing online It doesn't represent who I am or what I believe in at all, and I don't stand for that. I don't think it's funny, and the best that I can continue to do is fight for these things and be passionate about these things and listen and and learn in real life. That's the best that I can do And, and understand that the people who know me know that I've always been passionate about social and racial justice even before anyone ever knew me and that's who I really am I don't want a trophy for it the way that a lot of people give trophies online for like white people being an activist but that's just yeah what I have to say about it
0: yeah and I think a lot of it I think an, an element of it is also how you got a platform really fast it didn't allow people to get to know you at all or or even, um, you know, if someone who's had a platform for a long time and something like this comes out, they have a moment where people will listen to them. But with TikTok and especially with people blowing up really fast these days, it's it's just uh, it's not worth like listening to you. What people feel like it's just mm-hmm. what what am I gonna get in return? Just, you know, her TikToks like I don't need that. And also just get her off. I don't want to see you.
1: Yeah, just like this like culture of like. The second someone does something that people get offended or hurt by, it's no matter what it is, it's like immediately on the attack. Even if it has nothing to do with serious issues like racism, like just like petty drama shit on the internet with like people and like their relationships and shit and like stuff like that. I'm sorry, I'm like cursing a lot, but just stuff like that. Like, like they, it's like, do you enjoy like. Like, this drama of, like, attacking people and making character assessments and think pieces on people that you do not know. And that's another thing that I really learned. Like, I had, it was a lot of hypocrisy. Like, even, like, a, like, this drama that I got into with this TikToker who had really conservative views and said a couple offensive things about the LGBTQ plus community and just had a lot of controversial opinions that really offended people. And I went to TikTok and I made fun of him. Like, I put, like, a picture of him and, like, was laughing and basically saying that, you know, I don't agree with him. And he got a lot of hate. Like, we were both doxed, but he was doxed. People sent, like, emails to his school. And I never, ever wanted that to happen. And then another thing, like, I made a video of Daniel Baroli, Bad Baby, who I actually am a fan of and, like, actually really like, and said, like, I said some shit about her and then like I said another thing about this other girl who I said yeah she definitely says the n-word like all of this hypocrisy and like things I was doing to have people like champion me it was wrong and I realized that and I'm humbled and I made mistakes and now I really am wary of ever sending hate or attacking anyone on the internet no matter who they are. Like I said, cancel culture, I feel like it was made for and should be reserved for genuine abusers in power who are proved to be bad people with serious attitudes of abuse and racism and other things like that. And when it just gets to TikTok, it's just it's just really bad. I'm very wary about who I attack and I have really, really learned a huge lesson. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think in a way you're fortunate to learn that because a lot of people don't get to learn that until it's too late and yeah it is a humbling thing once you get you know yeah it's just like the old adage you know you put your someone put yourself in someone's shoes once you actually start doing that and you be optimistic about people's intentions and you know it's just like why like what am I doing what are my intentions what's going to go on from this I think that's a good baseline for a lot of people and like the the things you're saying right now, like I'm sitting here like amen, but I'm ready for people to just, you know, this is out of ready for people to just take stuff out of context and, um, excusing this and victimizing that. And, you know, I already said it once, but I I know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. And that's why I made this podcast. I want to have people from all corners of the internet tell their stories, their experiences, because This kind of stuff, I feel like people just have it in the back of their mind, like the stuff we're saying, and they know, and they know they shouldn't be doing this, and they know they could be doing that. It's just whenever they see that quote unquote influencers or people with influence think the same things, then they're not as afraid to say those things out loud. It's, It's not even super contrarian ideas. It's just, you know, sometimes it's as simple as thinking for yourself or... yeah just things like that like
1: like I also that was a concern of mine like when we decided to do this was like I didn't know because you know just watching other videos on your channel it's like you know I didn't know how people were going to react to me and I didn't know if you were going to get backlash and hate because for because of having me on here But I really like what you're doing because it's not unbiased. It's not to defend me or anyone. It's just to, you know, just what the podcast, the title, I actually really love the title of it, just out of character, like stepping away from this internet persona and really humanizing people. So I actually think what you're doing is great. A lot of people might misunderstand or like be offended by or assign intentions to things that I've said in this video I try to be as honest and authentic as possible and that's all I really can do so yeah
0: yeah same here I've I'm just being as honest and authentic as I am and you just move on from there I think that's a much better life to live than hiding behind people's ideas of you and false personas and things like that that's what I realized I think I think that's like a – I don't know. I feel like I've seen videos of like old people telling advice to young people saying stuff yeah. like this. <laughs> like uh, just like super basic stuff like stop caring what people – stop thinking about what people – Yeah. Stop caring what people think about you and like really basic stuff like that. But that's what I'm doing this podcast for just to make people more optimistic of other people, of their life, of – um. And it's like, you know, maybe I'm taking, I'm biting more than I could chew at this moment, but I'm just doing my part. And I feel like more of this kind of stuff needs to happen. Conversations, dialogue, humanizing people. It doesn't even have to be humanizing people with platforms. Like just, you know, you get an argument in a Twitter thread or comment section, and it's like you're not even talking to a real person at this point. It's it's boring. It's boring in my opinion. Yeah, I
1: totally agree
0: yeah anyway we had a great conversation i think we're hitting the hour mark i I, I think that was very productive yeah um thank you for coming on thank
1: you for the opportunity
0: thank you guys for listening and that's been out of character if you've enjoyed that please subscribe to see more of that and if you have suggestions guests you want to see anything commentary on the video leave a comment If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever else they got now, follow, subscribe, support. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.